0: Hello, everybody. This is Betty Markham with Surviving Life. You know, everyone has a story, and by sharing ours, hopefully we can help each other. Let's begin. Welcome to another podcast of Surviving Life. I am your host, Betty Markham. Today, I am honored to be talking to Jennifer Mowdy. Jennifer tragically and unexpectedly lost her husband last year. Together, they had three children. She is going to tell us her story of courage, faith, and perseverance. Let's welcome Jennifer Mowdy as we now connect. Hello, Jennifer. Hey, how are you? I'm fine. I'm so glad that you are joining us today on Surviving Life. Uh, I've looked forward to talking to you all week. Uh, Tell me, how are you and the children doing? I know you've had a lot of support with the community and counseling at your church and your faith tell me how it's going
1: well first i just want to tell you thank you for for having me and giving me this opportunity to share our story um we've been talking about this for for months and i've been praying about it for months and so my hope is you know just that one person if can be helped um by hearing what we've been through hmm. If but, one
0: person can be helped, Jennifer, you are doing, you know, a service to just one person. That's all it takes is one
1: person. You right. know, that's right. Um, but uh, we have three kids. So my oldest, uh, Caitlin, is 20. She's in her last year of nursing school. Um, we have a son, Max, who's in seventh grade and Charlie's in her last year of elementary school in fifth grade um each kid they all have they're all different uh have their different activities that they love um the oldest she you know she's studying a lot she's in nursing school but she enjoys working out and and then my son he's he just loves anything outdoors archery camping and then my youngest charlie she's that's 11 she's my little social butterfly and loves gymnastics but we um we are Making it and doing the best we can. Um,
0: it's called surviving. I know your oldest, yeah, is real athletic and played tennis. Did she play with Bobby? Did Bobby teach her how to play tennis?
1: She he did not, he did not. Um, but that that was something she went to a summer camp and fell in love with it. But we ran with it, and um, some some of my favorite pictures that I have of them are like him coaching her during tiebreakers and you know we did a lot of uh traveling um to tournaments and things and that's just good family quality time you know that oh, I'll
0: absolutely. Forget. that helped her staying uh, athletic and uh playing tennis
1: yes absolutely absolutely I think it's um you know I just started actually working out myself and I think it's that it is just so good for your mental health you know it's it's not it's not necessarily for me about losing weight it's just it's more of um you know that's also a sense of community in the gym you know and you make friends and and it's good for your head um absolutely (laughs) uh
0: how did you meet bobby did you y'all go to school
1: together (laughs) well um we met actually in 2001 around around then. We were both working at the Purple Parrot in Hattiesburg. There's a restaurant there. I was in school, school and he was a chef at the Purple Parrot but um, neither one of us were looking for anything serious but when I saw him, he was so, so cute. He had, um, if you see pictures of him, he has this great big smile and blue eyes and um, And so I actually asked him out on a date first, which was totally out of the ordinary for me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, we only dated for about three weeks and, and we both knew, you know, I, I, um, I knew that it was somebody that I wanted to marry would be, would want to have kids and, and I could just see the way he loved his nieces and I just knew he was going to be an amazing dad. And he was, he just. Everything was beyond, um, you know, he, it, it didn't matter whether... Was he a
0: hands-on dad?
1: For sure, 100%. Um, you know, each of, each one of our kids are, are different with their activities and it didn't matter if our youngest wanted her nails painted or a braid in her hair, he would figure it out or do, you know, and if our oldest traveling for tennis and some of my favorite pictures are... Of, you know, him and her whenever he was coaching her in a tiebreaker for tennis or just taking trips to travel, um, taking my son hunting and doing all the boy things. Um, he was at he was at the school volunteering just as much as I was or loved <laughs> to surprise the kids at school um, for lunch. And um, he was just he I was probably more the disciplinary and he was the funny silly. <laughs> he was the, yeah, he was the fun he was the fun one. Well,
0: I have watched some of your daughter his your your uh, daughter and him together and he just looked like a ball of personality. I mean, oh, he really did.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yes, they they started doing uh TikTok together that accidentally grew Um, to 400,000 followers, um, totally by accident, just them being themselves and being goofy. And so we, they just kept the account like it was just him and his oldest daughter and just them being them and goofy. And that's, that's literally how our lives were, um, daily. He was the same guy, the same guy that was on TikTok was the same guy that, that we saw every day. So you never saw uh,
0: a depressed side or anything like that?
1: Um, I think that there were signs, but I don't think I realized it until it was too late. Um, I think he, he hid behind a mask. Um, it reminds me a lot of Robin Williams. Um, when he was with us, he had the big smile, the dimple showing, the goofy attitude, but I think he was suffering in silence. Um,
0: that's That's really sad. And I know your point in doing an interview is to bring awareness to mental health issues. And that's one of the things, legacies you want to bring that will be good, you know, a good thing in Bobby's name. One thing I want to ask you is, did Bobby um ever ever have any kind of mood changes like what would people look for did he he would he ever get real quiet
1: no no but also I will say that you know during working hours he stayed in his office um you know when when COVID hit everybody went to staying at home he and he was that he didn't medical sales so most of his work would be in hospitals but during covid no one was really allowed in the hospitals unless you were sick and um and i also think that that could have been a factor of depression too because he went from being out and seeing people all the time to working from home Um, you know
0: i've heard that i've heard a lot of that happened to a lot of uh, shut-ins during COVID. Right, there was deep depression and things came out that, that people weren't even aware of. So that's not unusual no. with the COVID epidemic that happened. No, I hate that for you. I yeah. really do. How long was he shut in without uh-uh. having to go out and work? Well,
1: in until um, until he graduated to heaven? He he was working at home. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did so you, it started uh, in COVID. It started during COVID and it, he never, um, he didn't travel after, after that. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Did you work
0: outside the home or were you home?
1: I was, I stayed at home, um, with the kids. That was kind of my job was that, you know, he, um, would handle all of the, all of the house duties, um, the bills, the house duties. And I was to keep up with the kids. Um, and to make sure they were taken care of, got to their you know, got to their activities, homework, um, cooking for them, things like that. And then his his role was mainly the um to work, you know, like yeah. And work full time and then afterwards he was the fun dad.
0: <laughs> but, you know, that's the big thing now. Working at home since COVID. My son in law works at home, he's in medical too. Right. And his job now has been remote for an entire year he has been at home and uh after covid so many people are working from home
1: right right all
0: day long
1: yes and it it may be that uh it's more convenient um for the companies too maybe and maybe they can save some money on space and and uh having people come in
0: yeah, and it is a dream job. I mean, you think of it as being a dream job, yeah. but then you also think of never leaving your house all day, right? Some right. people need that outlet of getting out and going to work. I know that was my salvation after I had. I loved work, and I had anxiety when I would go to the office. When Hal, after Hal, before Hal had the stroke, was my biggest savior. Going to work, right? And that I re- that was really challenging. So. Being a shut in can be, have its pros and its cons.
1: Absolutely. I agree. I agree.
0: Oh my goodness. Well, did the children? I know your oldest was so, so close to Bobby. Do you think anyone, I know they all were affected. Did it? Because you always hear stories or watch TV shows or whatever. One child seems to be the most affected by death in the family or losing a parent. I know that happened in my husband's family Mm -hmm. when he lost his mother. Uh, One particular child seemed to be more affected than the other seemed to be stronger, which was my husband, seemed to be the strong one. Has that happened in your family?
1: Um, Absolutely. Uh, We all four um, have broken hearts. And we are all on different grieving levels. Um, When everything first happened, the kids were getting out of school for summer. Um, So my job at that moment was to take care of business and to, to, to take care of them, but also take care of business. And so I did not do any grieving at that time. I just didn't have the ability. I felt like that, that I needed to make sure they were okay and that the house and the bi- business money, financial-wise, everything was was set out for our future. Um, that was a survival mode. Yes. Total survival. yes. I mean, <clears throat> the best way I can describe it is like you're on the high dive and you get pushed off and it is sink or swim. And um, it wasn't until they returned back to school that I was actually able to grieve. And My goodness, that's... I mean, you
0: really, you that, that is, that shows you had strength you didn't know you had.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, I've always suffered, um, with severe anxiety and I have done things in the last 10 months that I never thought that I would able, be able to do.
0: Well, has counseling helped you with your anxiety? Would you promote people to go get help, get therapy?
1: Absolutely. And all four of us, um, are in in therapy, Um, and I don't see me and my oldest daughter stopping for a while. The two youngest um, have been pretty resilient, and I think that maybe things may come up later on as they grow, and they know that at any time, we're in therapy for them at, at any time they feel any certain type of way. Um, you know, there's going to be events happen. There's going to be weddings and graduations and, and, um, just first holidays. And how was Christmas this year? Speaking of first holidays, Christmas, was bad? it was not bad. Um, I'm very thankful just to be surrounded by my people. I, I feel like I've got a new tribe of people that, that uh, friends, family, strangers that are now family and friends, you know, um, my church, a small group, just I could go on and on um, about how people have just loved us. And I had to ask for help. You know, I i did. I had to ask for help. And so many people just came to my aid, whether it was even even pass, trying to get into his passwords to tried to um, see what bills we had. You know, I had a friend who did IT and and he would come help us there or, you know, a friend that that worked at Pine Lake. I said, hey, can you help me figure out about the food bank um, that they have there? So just people were coming together to help us and it really affected all of us in a pot. That's a very positive thing that came out of this. Um, oh, that just makes me want to cry. I mean, you yeah. think how God can work
0: in your life so magnificently and bring love and support just almost like that song angels among us.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, God, you know, in, in Hebrews, it, it talks about the word like us, that we stand arm in arm united. And I, and think that we're designed for a community and um, when we're together, you know, we're when a community is together, it's like a cord of three strands. It's not quickly broken. And so th- th- my hope is that as we're healing, then we will be able to bless others as they blessed us and that we will be a bigger part of of our community and loving others and strangers just like the strangers that helped us it's just really um impacted our 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 lives forever um you know god starts something and he always finishes
0: it good he didn't bring you to this to leave you hanging right he's going to walk you through the whole thing and your platform i know what you want to reach people with out there is a platform of there is always hope there is always help i mean you've seen it you've lived it yes people come from you really once god is in your life you're never alone you're never walking that walk alone we may feel alone but god is still carrying us so we're really not even walking alone cuz he's carrying us that's right without god jennifer this is really what the whole thing is about yes we are lost
1: and i've i've watched so many prayers be answered. I mean, some of them within 30 minutes, (coughs) my daughter's first day of nursing school. I just remember her, you know, feeling angry and, um, that her dad should be here and, and he should tell her good luck. And I felt so helpless because as a mom, you are as happy as your saddest child. You know, you, you carry any brokenness that, 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 they feel. And all I could do was just pray. And then 30 minutes later, I get a call. Mom, you're not going to believe this. There's somebody here, you know, she, that's, that, that told me she she's going to be here for me if I need her. And and that's all I'd prayed for before she walked out the door is, is for somebody to be there to help her if she needs that or if there's somebody at the school that needed her. Oh, Do you think you'll ever write your story, write a journal, or you don't know? Um, well... I don't, I've thought about it. I've thought about it. I actually, I've never been a writer. I actually feel pretty insecure about um, writing, but journaling has been another really good source of therapy for me. Um, so I have a journal that is just for me. And then I have a journal that I eventually want my kids to see. And in that journal, it is how... I fought for them. I want them to know, you know, that, that I fought for them. I want them to know how much they were loved, um, by their dad. I want them to know the prayers that were asked and then I update when the, when the prayers got, get answered. Um, I think that that's really powerful, even for maybe one day my grandkids to read, you know, to see all the blessings that came out of the tragedy,
0: Oh, absolutely. You know, journaling is one of my favorite things, too. Mm-hmm. And I try to tell my grandchildren, my teenage grandchildren, because, you know, they go through love life and breakups. Right. Journal. Please journal. Yeah. I gave, I've given journals out. Yes. Yeah. Right. Just write down your thoughts and go back and see how things have improved. But kids don't really want to journal. And I've researched it. It's an amazing, magnificent thing. It's journalizing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like sometimes whenever you write it down, then you're able to pull out things just like in therapy that you maybe weren't thinking about. Like as you write, and then, then the deeper you get into it, then you start realizing, oh, well, this is you, you. You start recognizing things and learning, and and it's it's almost like speaking to a therapist at times.
0: I know a guy told me a long time, not a guy, a lady, a Sunday school teacher actually she would journalize when she'd read the Bible Mm -hmm. like what God had spoken to her. She she also she always kept a journal, but she would journalize like when she'd read her Bible. And our priest did that too. And you write down what you know how you feel when the Lord speaks to you when you're reading scripture and write it down. And she actually said if you write it down every day, if you read the Bible and you write down what you think God is speaking to you, it may be he may be speaking to something about something else in that moment right of what, that's more theology, what uh, Mm -hmm. becoming a pastor would do, but not uh, an individual reading the Bible. Right. He's going to speak to us differently. We don't have to take it. Well, God was speaking to her at the well. Uh, We just, it can just jump out at us, write it down. And she said that if you wrote down every day when you read the Bible and don't read it again until a week, you can get the message that God is telling you. Right, right. Just from journalizing, God spoke to me this, God spoke to me that, and I've always wanted to do that. I periodically do that if Mm -hmm. it jumps out at me, but I'm not a, I'm a journalizer as far as journalizing my thoughts and feelings of survival, Right. but I don't journalize what God is saying to me. I'll write in my Bible on the Mm -hmm. corners and in the pages, but journalizing what God says to you through scripture, they say is real helpful.
1: Right. And and this, you know, doing this podcast is also part of my grieving too. Just being able to share his legacy in the hopes that I can save a life. Um, I know that right after Bobby passed, my brother got saved. Um, I think anybody that was around us was witnessing amazing things happening. Um, and And when I say amazing things, I mean that God saw us. We we knew that we were being seen by him. And they saw God.
0: Yes. In y'all.
1: Yes. That well that's
0: what the that's what they say turns people to Christ. Mm-hmm. Is seeing Christ in us and doing for us. Right. And you know, that doesn't mean we're perfect, Jennifer. I'm not perfect.
1: Oh nobody's perfect.
0: No. And Bobby wasn't perfect. No. Al wasn't perfect. Al's mother I thought was a saint. Right. Nobody's a saint. My mother wasn't a saint. And it's not about being perfect. It's about being real with God and accepting Him. Accepting Jesus as our Savior and knowing that. And that's one comfort you have is, you know, Bobby's in a better place.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's a comfort. You know, my my oldest daughter told me, um, she said, it was just one morning she walked downstairs and she looked at me and said, Mom, you know, we're only here... On Earth for a short, short time, but we will be in heaven for eternity, and that just really got me. Um, And and then I was also so grateful to see how far my family had come because we, I feel like we didn't have this strong relationship, and then still building, but we didn't have the relationship that we have with God before. Everything happened. We we did, you know, attend church or watch it online. We did pray, but it was we we've never been as close to God as after this tragedy happened.
0: It's so funny you said that. That's exactly the way I feel. I mean, I I think you take things for granted sometimes in life. But not one day since Hal's had his stroke. And I'm not saying I Mm -hmm. haven't had dark 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 moments I mean dark moments God's been there it's Mm -hmm. like I have a it's like God is with me all day long even through the moments I'm screaming and mad or I'm mad at myself or I don't like the way I feel or I'm depressed God is still with me and it wasn't like that before I went through this journey and you just feel God every day when you have that and I don't understand Uh, it doesn't have to take a tragedy to have people feel like that but did you notice that Every day you wake up, you know the presence of God is with you.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, even one of my my daughters, within forty eight hours of Bobby passing, just said that she she had laid her head down on on Bobby's desk in his office, and she said she just felt like a comforter or quilt was laid over her, like she was being held. And she said, there's no doubt about it, that it was just God hugging her at that moment, which it says um, that he will take care of the fatherless and the widows.
0: Absolutely. And he's proven that with our family. Yeah. Did you, uh, did Bobby, was he close to the Lord uh, and talk to you about God before he passed away?
1: He, um, we did not, we did not talk about that. And I, that's one thing that I will um, always regret. Um, he was Catholic, I was Baptist, um, so there was a little disconnect with with us going to church together and things. Um, and I regret that I didn't I didn't have the relationship until after he passed to where I to where we would have spoke about it more. But he was a Christian. I know he's in heaven. Um, he was very active, you know, even in high school, um, with, you know, his church group and, um, and there were moments where I definitely knew that, that he, you know, believed and loved and, um, uh, That's
0: like me and my husband were Episcopalians mm-hmm. and, uh, I always tell my Baptist friends, Episcopalians are saved too we accept Christ as our savior (laughs) and they always laugh and (laughs) and they go I go but Hal and I before he had the stroke we never talked about that either you know I I think I talked about faith more than Hal did Mm -hmm. but Hal did not but I knew that Hal was definitely a believer and Mm -hmm. that's a comfort and I knew he was saved you know um and there's nobody as devoted as our the friends that I've got in my Episcopal church and my Catholic family friend, right. uh, I think they're more devoted than us they never miss church yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know you don't go to church to get saved but they they are definitely very very spiritual very in tune with Jesus Yeah. and um, did Bobby what was one of the if you could name one thing about your husband that you would want people to know what was his biggest quality? was it accepting others or you know some an example like that or what did he what did he have that you admired so about him? Oh my husband's was forgiveness he gave a lot yes he was a giver
1: um yes, he was Bobby was a giver of his time and you know not really materialistic but just very give you his time. He was the guy that would give you the shirt off his back. Um, all of our neighbors knew that if they needed any help with anything around their house or just anything, what um, a quality! Yes, he he loved big, um, and not only did he love his kids, but he loved his kids' friends, and his kids' friends just loved him. He was fun. He was funny. Um, it didn't matter if it was our eleven year old, Um, you know he he took other daughters that weren't his daughters to the daddy daughter dance with him and his daughter. You know he was very he, he was loved by. It didn't matter if you were three or eighty three.
0: <laughs> really, that's yeah. a big quality. My husband was like that too before his stroke. Yeah, it, it, they just that's just a very good mm-hmm. quality because you know some people literally, and I know. I've seen men, and my husband was such a giver, like just a giver of his time, right. like volunteering to help build things for other people and didn't charge him anything. He would be the one over there helping. And I look, I've, I've, I miss that in my husband. And I know you miss that in Bobby because I see other people that I didn't even realize when I need help. It has been hard to find, well, you've been very lucky, but people don't possess the qualities that my husband had. Right. And they're not Johnny on the spot to run. You've been very lucky to have, but I haven't seen, I guess I'm just so much older and I'm aware of uh, the time. I'm just more aware of the time that men actually give to others. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the selfishness of people that I never recognized before Mm -hmm. until my husband had his stroke of just actually what a giving soul my husband was.
1: Yes. I mean, I remember one time looking out the bedroom window and seeing my, (laughs) seeing him um, in the, in one of our neighbor's backyards, helping him cut down a tree. I had no idea, but he was not one to, to boast about anything like that. he, uh, which, you know, I was just remember thinking, he's just in the. What is he doing in the tree? And he was helping him cut it down. And you know, that's just how he was. He just. Oh,
0: I would have loved to have known. <laughs> him. I yeah. would have loved to have known. Him. I would have been a great neighbor because I would have <laughs> been calling on him all the time. <laughs>
1: yeah. And he was a great. He was a great cook too. And so I'm. I'm having to learn how to cook because he was. He was the chef around here.
0: Um, so he was in culinary school and actually.
1: Yes, he was. That
0: was his degree.
1: Yes, so he went to Ole Miss first, and then when he left Ole Miss, um, his dream was culinary school, and he did it. And um, he actually made our wedding cake that was over a hundred pounds.
0: Goodness gracious! So he didn't work as a as a chef after no. y'all married.
1: No, no. Shortly after we had our oldest daughter, he just it was hard to make time. Because restaurant hours are long. And so he started looking for something that he could do that he wouldn't have to work so many hours a week. And he could spend more time at home with the family. And that's whenever he started food sales, which then turned into um, medical sales. Well, food sales, yeah, that is a very good career. Yeah. Uh,
0: I had a brother-in-law that did that until he retired. Yeah. That is... uh, and I've got several family members in the restaurant. So what is what was one of the fa- your favorite things that he cooked? and did he surprise you on anniversaries
1: and birthdays and stuff like that with secret meals? And- oh, no, he didn't surprise me because I would always request oh. <laughs> I would always I always would request my favorites. Um, but when we were dating, I used to make the joke that that's what got me was his chicken and dumplings. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I I think anybody would love chicken and dumplings. Right, right. (laughs) But, you know, I have never mastered dumplings. (laughs) You can send me his recipe for dumplings. I will. I will. I mastered the chicken, but the dumplings have never been like my mama's. Yeah. (laughs) Have you mastered that?
1: No, I have not. I have not. But um, I was very thankful. Um, Someone had mentioned, you know, you need to write down, you need to have Bobby write down, his recipes and so for Christmas the previous Christmas before he passed I had actually bought my oldest daughter a recipe book and so he had started writing recipes for her in his handwriting which is so special now. Oh my goodness. I know and so that was just four months prior to everything happening um so we we don't have a ton but um but how special to have his, yeah, it, some is better than none. Absolutely, absolutely. And through TikTok, we have, you know, I can hear his voice or see him dance or, or you know, laugh and make jokes. We do have all of those videos. And I'm very, now does
0: he? Uh, is his TikTok account open now or no?
1: It is. Um, I changed it to in memory of Bobby Maudey. Um. Oh,
0: I would love to see it. I have not seen that.
1: Yes, yes. I
0: saw some TikToks. Well, it just happened to go across my screen of him and his, you know, y- y'all's daughter after it happened. Mm-hmm. But I did not even know Jennifer in the uh, beginning that he, it was actually my daughter that told me. Yeah. I didn't it, even know that.
1: You know, um, like my youngest and him got Care Bear onesies, matching Care Bear onesies. And they would do dances in the living room. And that's just exactly, it didn't matter if it was a TikTok video or not. That's exactly how he was. He was, he's the fun guy.
0: <laughs> well, he sounds wonderful. Yes. I know. I mean, I'm, I'm glad y'all have memories and you're able to look back on the TikToks. That's a, You know, that is a good thing to have. It is. That's a positive thing, to watch it and laugh right share that together and you Do know you have home movies or as tiktok the biggest thing
1: what tiktok probably has probably the most ex, um except for we have a lot of home videos from back in the days when you had the camcorders and you didn't have your cell phone to record right exactly So i have boxes of of camcorder videos that and that i need to to get turned into a CD. Um, but I'm just very thankful for all of it. I'm not a fan of social media actually, but there are some positives with social media. I had, we had a lot of people that, um, just reached out from all over the world that followed him. Really? We had a guy from Australia that sent us a, um, jump drive with all the videos from TikTok in case something ever happened to where they wouldn't get lost or to have an extra copy. Um, just so many, so many sweet people. Um, and a lot of, you know, there was a lot of people that said, man, I wish I was in your, I wish that was my dad, you know, because he was, he was fun, but I'm there, glad
0: you told us this because see, I didn't know yeah. anything about Bobby yeah. and, uh, his, it, his Karen Nature, and I'm glad I'm going to look for the TikTok yeah. in memory of Bobby Rout- Mowdy.
1: Uh-huh, yes. Okay, so
0: I can find it that way. Right. Have you had dreams about him, Jennifer?
1: I have. Um,
0: Are they real dreams? I mean, like, reality dreams? Like, like you wake up and you think you've really been with him?
1: I have. I have. Um, now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. Some of them have been through my anger stage, and it's just me looking at him saying, I don't understand. And, um, my youngest daughter had a dream and she said she just felt like he, he was at the front door and she hugged him and squeezed him and he picked her up and swung her around. And, and she said, my kids have had good dreams. Um, and mine have just been more of, I don't understand. Um, I
0: guess one day you'll, when you see him in heaven, It won't matter because you may never get that answer of understanding. You'll just have it's acceptance that it is what happened. And we don't, that's why mental health is such a secret. I mean, you never know what another person next door may be going through or that you could be sitting at or loving and walk out the door. You just don't know what, what people go through that young mother, you know, the, the young mother, the postpartum, I don't know if you heard about it, but. She was she went to old miss and she was miss old miss and big and old miss and went through the postpartum depression and killed herself. Oh and had left, left her three little young ones and was an amazing caring woman. Right. And nobody actually knew that she was in that kind of state.
1: Right. Well, you know, in weeks weeks following I felt like I was putting together a puzzle trying to understand
0: Absolutely.
1: Like what what happened? What did I miss? But also, I've had to learn that God tells us we may not understand, and we just have to trust him. Exactly.
0: Well, one thing I know that you wanted to do is, as far as mental health issues and helplines, we need to have something, a better uh, outreach for people in need, teenagers, adults, older people. It doesn't matter. Sick People, whoever are at that point. Right. That they can get immediate help. I know they say they have these hotlines, but they're real
1: confusing when you call them. Right. Right. Um, so 988 is the universal hotline. Um, I had a little trouble getting through on, to there, but um, I'm hoping that in the future it's going to be better. I know in, in some bigger areas like Atlanta and Dallas, that they have more volunteers and um, I think we're lacking some, some volunteers in our area. And I hope that one day I can, after I've done some grieving that I can do that.
0: That would be very good. Mm-hmm. I know that is, that is a neat hotline. I mean, right. uh, volunteers, I would definitely love to be a volunteer. Uh, Cause I'm sure if you have uh, a hotline, the phones can transfer to you and uh, at your home right you wouldn't have to go anywhere you could just have a phone forwarded to your house and you would be on call that particular day or night
1: right right
0: see I would love to do something like that to reach out and help people in need that were having thoughts of suicide but right. I'm sure a lot of think of all the people now that are stay-at-home people that would and so many Christians think of all the people that have lost spouses so many whether it's a man or a woman that would love to volunteer and help. I, I mean, I know half of our church would, that are widows, uh, would love to sit there. They absolutely are basically shut-ins if they're not going to the church and being in a Sunday school or some kind of Bible study, would love an opportunity to reach out and help. I know that we have people in our church that do nothing but, they can't get out, so their their mission is praying all day for people. Right. So they have a list of all the people they're going to pray for. Right. And you send it to them, and they pray for you. I love that. All day long. They pray for this list. Okay. Uh, maybe it's eight hours a day, and you can volunteer to be on the prayer chain and pray for people. Yeah. So we need, uh, I think it could be a lot of volunteers out there that are people wanting something to do and helping others.
1: Right. And we have been helped. Our family has been so blessed by this community and church. And I just hope that we can just start blessing others as well. Oh,
0: You definitely will. And Mm -hmm. I pray that your platform will grow in the years Mm -hmm. to come and you will look back and go, God, thank you. You did this and you will have more Mm -hmm. volunteers than you can possibly imagine. The Bobby Moody help slider in his name, in his memory. I know you want to leave something because he had such a good legacy and he was such a good, and everything you've told us about him, such a kind, decent father and husband. Nothing that you could complain about. Right. So I I truly hope that your wish will come true, and I'm sure it will, and you will have that that platform and that legacy in Bobby's name. I truly do, Jennifer.
1: Yes, me too.
0: And uh, I've enjoyed talking to you today. Yeah. And you shared so much about Bobby's good side and funny side. And to know that he was a chef and could cook uh, <laughs> makes me not feel so bad that uh, I'm not the greatest cook. But I can. I call myself a
1: good cook. <laughs> well, you know, and I just hope that, like, people know that you don't have to face your battles alone. And, and I'm talking to um, a nine-year-old to a 90-year-old when I say that, because.
0: Absolutely. So many young children are committing suicide
1: now. Right. Um, reaching out for help is, is actually courageous, is not a weakness. And if. Bobby would have reached out for help, then maybe he would be here today. And, and I've had to, to learn how to, you know, that proved to me that I needed to reach out for help to help my family. Um, and whenever people are going through depression or suicidal thoughts, it's like having a toothache. You know, all you can focus on is that pain that you have in your tooth. You are not thinking about the people around you. Um, Immediate relief. Right, right. And so, yes, you're taking a a temporary problem and and making it a permanent solution. And, um, but I just want everybody to remember to just reach out a friend, a family, church, um, pray.
0: Just absolutely. And I will definitely, whenever you do this one day or it grows into something, I will definitely be a volunteer. God willing, please let me live to help others. (laughs) because I am struggling to help our family here and how, but I would definitely give my time. I promise (laughs) you, you, you can put me first on your (laughs) list. If I am still alive. I will give my time.
1: Oh, I love it.
0: I do. I love, uh, if I could help people, that is a calling. And, uh,
1: um, I was
0: born to be a mother and I was born to be a nurturer. And, um, Women have a calling. Men have a calling. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Bobby met all your needs.
1: Oh, be very lucky. Beyond um, this, our 20, our 20th anniversary is coming up next month, March 13th. Um, so that, that will be a hard day, but um, I'm just also perspective is what I try to wake up to every morning and just say, thank you, God for giving me 20 years with him. Thank you for letting me have him, and and him having these children with me, and the twenty years that that we had. That is a blessing. A, I mean, such a blessing. Yeah,
0: yeah it is a blessing, I and mean, you've got to let he left a legacy with his children. He sure And is. I've seen your daughter on Instagram. Um, <laughs> I follow her on Instagram, and she just seems like she is just flourishing. I mean. In school and in life. And I know she hurts deeply. She does. And uh, your son really favors him in the eyes.
1: Oh, yes. Yes. With uh, that little twinkle smile. <laughs> and they have the same dimple, which I love.
0: <laughs> <laughs> now, your youngest, I guess, I think, favors you more.
1: Yes. And and Bobby's sister. Um, so, so, she kind of, I kind of see both of us in her. Um but they will, I will make sure that no matter how many days or years pass, they will constantly know how much they were loved by him. Um well, he
0: did leave that. He left a legacy of love. And, you know, we'll never know the answers. Just like Robin Williams left, I just watched his documentary mm-hmm. on, um, I guess it was Hulu or Netflix, and uh the suffering that he had and the joy he brought is... He was the, when I tell you, phenomenal yep. actor. Yes. My favorite movie was Miss Doubtfire. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is absolutely one of my favorites. And uh, I can't wait to go back and just look at Bobby. I really can't. I'm going to look that up. As soon as we finish, I'm yes. going to go see all the, the videos that he did. I'd love to see that.
1: Yes. Um, he truly, truly was um Just not even an amazing husband, but brother, father, um, son, you know, he he will um, forever just be missed. We have, we planted a tree the day of his celebration of life in our backyard. And then his sister got us a a nice little plaque to to place by it. Um, So whenever we feel. When when we feel like we need to um, see him or visit with him, you know, I'll catch one of the kids in the backyard. Or, but we see lots of signs too. We all see different signs. We've seen um dimes. Dimes have been that's crazy. Yes, dimes-
0: I saw dimes after my mother passed away, and I've been collecting them ever since.
1: Yes, we uh, and it's no other change with them. So, um, it's his sisters and me. All sea dimes and one of his best friends from college, and then—that um
0: that is so weird. I didn't know mm-hmm. that. I mean, I—I mm-hmm. I just thought it was me. Yep. I never researched it, but I literally collect dimes, and it's in yep. a little holder by my bed since the day my mother died. The other day, I was getting in my car, and I stepped up on the—you know—the foot to get up in the car, and there was a dime. Yeah. I go. Thanks, Mama. Yes, that's. What I don't get they from heaven. I get dimes from heaven.
1: <laughs> that's that's what we say too and and my oldest daughter um she has a window uh, by a treadmill where she'll study sometimes and there's a cardinal that will come sit and and she'll say hey dad
0: that's weird because i see cardinals too okay well you've just given me a sign and i just got tingles up and down my spine when i said that yes but things like that
1: really keep us going you know Um, Oh,
0: absolutely. And we call them, uh, well, I call them winks from God. That's right. Little winks. And one thing I know you want to leave is people do not ever. And I talked about this with my best friend when her husband, not her husband, her brother committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Never judge because you don't walk in people's shoes. Judgment is, I think, judgmentalness is probably one of our worst sins and one of our worst faults. People judge too quickly and when they don't even know the circumstance, I think it's one of our biggest, biggest faults and biggest sins that the Lord says, do not judge or you shall be judged. And I try so hard not to judge Mm -hmm. because I don't want to be judged like God said, like I might judge someone. So uh, it's not right. We can't. We have to take, be, be very mindful of any tragedy and not be judgmental. That's right. And that's that's really a big thing that people need to be aware of. No one will ever know a reason, and someone does what they does, what they do like that. What's in their mind at that moment, or their mindset, right? And uh, we just don't know, but God knows it all, and right. that's all we need to know is that God, if you're a Christian, He's there with you even in that moment,
1: right. Um, and, and that's another reason I'm not a huge fan of, of social media. So I've quit reading comments, um, to, for myself and, um, I, I think I it's
0: really non, it seems like, and I know on social media, just the things that I look at, it seems like if you're, when you're really a Christian, you would not say the things that people have said mm-hmm. on social media, cause I'll look at some things. And I go, how in the world could that person say that about that?
1: Right. Uh,
0: when the Lord leads you, you just, you don't, you're not cruel. You're kind.
1: Yeah. But I, I would have never thought that we would have been in this situation. And so it's, it's kind of like you don't really understand unless you've been through something. And then you, then you, it's, it's much easier after you've been through something to say, you know, goodness. You know, I, I, I'm going to pray for them instead of judging.
0: Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. You pray for that. And um, that that's what I try to tell my children. Uh, don't worry about what people, my older children, my grown children, my grandchildren, especially my teenage grandchildren, worry. So I worry about them. I just worry about my grandchildren and they'll, my teenage grandchildren. Mm-hmm. And you worry about their mental health. I go, you can't, and especially kids can be cruel to other children. Right. I go, you, if God is right, if you're right with God, that's the only person you have to answer to. You can't worry that someone is talking bad about you or ignoring you in a group or purposely trying to ignore you and make you feel bad. That is, you, you've got to stop worrying about that. And It's hurtful. And I worry about my teenage grandchildren more than i do my younger ones of course uh but i see them getting hurt by being judged wrongly or somebody (laughs) talking about them and it's it's and their mental health uh awareness right i try to say open i have my grandkids know that they can call me anytime and do you know they have like one o'clock in the morning if they're going through something the phone i grab that phone and i go what's wrong yeah. And they'll be crying, so-and-so hurt my feelings or so-and-so broke up with me. And we talk. And I'll tell their mothers about it later. And they go, I didn't know they called you. I go, well, don't tell them that I told you they <laughs> called me because I want them to be able to call me. <laughs>
1: yes. Yes. And I, th- I think that's super important for, um, you know, I feel like that even with, with my friends and, and family, I'm more conscious about saying, hey, let me know if you need something too. Because a lot of people will check on me and the kids, and, um you know, and so when, even if I'm talking, if, if people are asking about Bobby or our story, you know, I'm always like, just make sure your, your, your people know that you're just a phone call away.
0: Oh, yeah, and especially the teenagers nowadays, we need to know that they're, we're right there with them. I really have a, a, a calling for teenagers i think uh to help them and be there with their friends friends do you know i think i have more of my children's friends as friends than (laughs) i do adult friends but i'm glad because they know they can i had two girls last weekend come and uh stay two or three hours with me and they're my children's friends
1: so sweet yes yes
0: and that that is such a joy to know that you know the younger, the old,
1: your house is, uh,
0: we're open. Open come door. Come talk. Yes.
1: So <clears throat> I'll always have an open door for anyone. I know you will. Yeah. Well, I've enjoyed talking
0: to you, Jennifer. You and too, I, Miss Betty. I'm so glad. Uh, and you can call me Betty. Makes me feel <laughs> old when you say miss. <laughs> so, uh, Jennifer, i enjoyed talking to you. And you can say. I enjoy talking to you, too, Betty. Okay, okay. That's what I tell my children's friends. Please call me Betty. Betty. Everyone, I'm them call me Betty.
1: I know. We're about the same age.
0: No, we're not. I'll be 70, darling.
1: You're so sweet.
0: You're my children's children's. <laughs> my, you're my children's age. Yeah. Some of my children's age.
1: But. I really appreciate you and you've been such a blessing and patient with me in the last three months and prayed over me. And, and I'm just so thankful um, to have met you um, just another blessing in in my box. And I'm, I'm thankful.
0: Well, thank you. I feel blessed to have met you. And if I, if we can help anyone out there, Jennifer, then God has answered our prayers because I prayed it. Absolutely. Before I ever even talked to you. If I, if I was meant to talk to you and we could get a message out there to help others, then Lord, let me, let her call me, let her reach out to me because after I reached out to you, I didn't want to bother you. I wanted to know I was here and yeah. it was your call.
1: Yes. And, and I, I did need a little time to grieve, but, but honestly I needed that push too. I needed, <clears throat> this is something that I really desire is just being able to share his legacy to share his story because I think I I just really believe that even if it just leads somebody to God or if it saves a life just there's so that some positive things are going to come out of this tragedy. Absolutely and he sounded like such a
0: wonderful joyful man and I know that even hurts more and confuses you more but at least you had that for 20 years darling. Right. And uh. Well, I love your family. I'll be praying mm-hmm. for you as always. And uh, I hope the next time we talk, you tell me some great news.
1: I will. I will. Keep and you- thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, yes. Thank you for having me. Okay.
0: You have a great day and kiss your babies.
1: I will. Thank you. Okay. Bye.
0: Anyone needing help with mental health issues or suicide thoughts, there's a 24-hour hotline. It's a three-digit, 988. You can text or you can call, and someone will contact you immediately. Thank you. Well, if you've reached this far, thanks for listening to another episode of Surviving Life. I'm your host, Betty Markham. I would love for you to follow and share it with a friend. And if you'd like to contact me with a good story, please contact me at Betty Markham 529 at AOL.com. Or you can text me 601-540-2415. Looking forward to hearing from you.